T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Daily, a reaction Monday as we make our way through a very eventful weekend in college football, in pro football, 869-1240. The number to call, we're going to talk about the Chiefs and Monday Night Football. That's all coming up a little later this hour. We are to the point, though, where it's time to KU. We gave you the good news first with K-State. Now the bad news, KU's unbeaten start is complete. Another sold-out crowd at the booth comes with the announcement of new facilities, a new you know, updated stadium, and all the excitement and college game day and everything that went into it. Um, and they lose to TCU, a really good team. But I got to tell you, Tommy, when you consider everything that went into that game, when you consider that Jalen Daniels left that game very early, when you consider that KU was down uh, a touchdown at halftime and all the things that went into it, the fact that they had an opportunity to win that game, lost by a touchdown, but absolutely had an opportunity to tie it, send it to overtime, all the things, I feel pretty good coming out of that game as an observer of KU and their chances to be in the middle of the pack Probably, maybe even better in the Big 12. They got a lot of tough games coming up. But I think what that game told us is that they're going to be able to hang in all of those games. The whole weekend was pretty phenomenal. You know, Friday, we ended the show by talking about the announcement of a, a new stadium uh, in Lawrence for Kansas. And, you know, that's Travis Goff really striking while the iron is hot. College game day in town. Uh, the atmosphere was was just incredible and something that Kansas has been clamoring for forever and TCU is a really 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 good team Max Duggan uh, I don't think gets the credit that he deserves because he was phenomenal 23 of 33 uh, threw for over 300 yards three touchdowns and then he ran for a touchdown as well and just you know what what TCU was able to do offensively um, was pretty incredible and their their wide receivers are great for the Horn Frogs uh, but overall I mean I think you gotta hold your head up high uh, being a Jayhawks fan, because I think the future continues to be bright. Yeah, the undefeated start is no more. Uh, you would have liked to move to 6-0, and obviously take down uh, a ranked TCU team with college game day uh, there on campus. But ultimately, 
the way that the, the Jayhawks showed that resiliency, um, even after losing Jalen Daniels before halftime, um, I think shows that they this is not a fluke. Uh, it's not an anomaly. And this program continues to grow and build. And I think they'll use it well for the future. Yeah, Duggan's not getting the credit he deserves because he wasn't even yeah. a starter to begin the year. So all the credit in the world to that guy. I think it's very cool um, that he's been able to do what he's done this year. A guy that's really and Quentin Johnston is amazing, by the play. way. I mean, he he yeah. was that that guy well, was he's catching best. every ball. Yeah, it was amazing. He, he's he's their best player. I mean, I think he he's a stud. They targeted him seventeen times in that game. That is insanity in college football. But, hey, he took care of it, 206 yards. KU lost Jalen Daniels. Now, granted, Jalen Daniels had not looked good the week prior or in this game even up to that point. But I don't – the bigger injury and the more significant injury, and this may sound nuts to you, Tommy. You're, you're right there close to KU all the time. I, I think the Hinshaw injury is hurting them more than the Jalen Daniels injury. Hinshaw was in beast mode. And while Jason Bean could have been better by, I mean, he, he, he was really good being, you know, cast in there and doing all those things. He missed some throws for sure. And I don't know what to make of that moving forward. I also don't even know how significant the Jalen Daniels injury is yet at this point. Um, but the fact that all of those things were happening, when you lose Jalen Daniels, you just get right back in there with Jason Bean, who's got plenty of experience, of course, but they never rolled over in that game, and they were in a position to still win that game, even without their starting quarterback and who's been their best running back all year. So I'm, what we're looking at is a situation, Tommy, where everybody thinks TCU is really good. There's not any, a person on the planet that hasn't watched TCU play and thinks, yeah, that's a good team. That's a good team that came in. You lose. You tell. I, I'm telling you right now, Tommy, that you didn't have your starting quarterback and you didn't have your best running back, and you had a you had a chance to win that game late. That that is a good thing. Like you gotta feel good if you're a KU fan today, because we all know how that could have gone, right? That could have gone sideways real fast, real fast. TCU could have come in when that with that scenario that I laid out and put it to KU. KU didn't let that happen. And that, to me, even though it's a loss and losses are always disappointing, that, to me, tells me that Kansas is not going to go away. Kansas is not, you know, the things that, you know, I presented as possible scenarios and what if they lose all these games. I suppose it's still possible because of the schedule they play, but they're not going to play poorly to the point where people are disappointed. This team is, they're, they're better than that. And that's awesome. I don't know how Jason Bean could have been any better. I mean, you said he could have been. Well, better. I'm just saying he um, missed a game. And, I, and to be fair, I I was listening to Brian Haney on the call. I was at kids soccer until the very end of the game, but there were several times just in the call that that ball was overthrown a little bit. But yeah, all things considered, he was awesome. Don't get me threw wrong. Threw for 262 yards and right. four touchdowns in one half of football. Yeah, he had a really bad throw that resulted in an interception. But, yeah, I mean, you've got the the team on your shoulders at that point, you know, coming in. from And, and let's not forget all of the conversation surrounding Jalen Daniels coming into this game. And, you know, obviously the talk about a potential long shot Heisman candidate and college game day. I mean, it, he was for, he was featured frequently in the coverage leading up to this game as he should have been. I mean, he's the the starting quarterback for, you know, an, an unbeaten Kansas team coming, rising up from the ashes. Uh, 
that really, and I, I was there, I was at the game, and when Daniels went down, and then when Daniels did not come back out with the team from the locker room after halftime, it was like the air was sucked out of the building. And I'm sure that everybody thought, here we go. Here we go. Kansas is going to do Kansas things. You lose your starting quarterback, the guy who has really made all this happen offensively for KU throughout the, the unbeaten start. He's out. He's gone. What are we going to do? Uh, we're we're going to be bad again. I, I guarantee you that was the thought process from everybody inside the booth and every Kansas fan all over the country. Um, all Jason Bean did was come in and throw for four touchdowns, and he mm-hmm. looked better than Jalen Daniels had uh, looked yep. in the first half of that game and a week ago against Iowa State as well. I mean, something something switched. Andy Kotelnicki found something with Jason Bean that worked. And offensively, it was like Kansas had um, found kind of its second gear. And they had really, let's not forget, they had really, really struggled offensively for the la- for the six quarters prior to Jason Bean taking over. You know, they, they didn't score a touchdown in the first half against TCU, and they hadn't scored a touchdown since the second quarter of the Iowa State game. And here comes Jason Bean throwing four touchdown passes in the second half of that game, single-handedly keeping Kansas in it. And so I think, yeah, I mean, long-term, you have to be, you're, you're bummed about what happened with Jalen Daniels, um, but something was up. And I don't know if, if defenses had started to adjust a little bit better against him um, or, or what the case was, but I don't know. I mean, I, you definitely would like Jalen Daniels, but you feel pretty confident in what Jason Bean can do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very kind. We talked about this. We were both on the same page because you were texting me what you were seeing in the stadium. I was texting what I was hearing on the broadcast and from, you know, a reporter who was at on the sidelines and we're trying to figure out what's happening with Jalen Daniels. And there are, for, for some reason, everybody was hearing different things, but the point was made and we both were like, it's, but hang tight. Cause Jalen Daniels hasn't been playing well the last, you know, game and a half anyway. Right. Like it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like the, the, the flow of that game was severely impacted. And yeah, Bean gave him a spark and Bean has a ton of experience like that. That is a one fortunate thing out of it for Kansas. I, I think the Henshaw injury is a bigger deal. I said that and I still like I, he was he was an underrated piece of why they were having so much success. He dude was playing out of his mind and I don't know when he's coming back. I, you know, I know it was a significant injury. They've got to figure that part out, but to know that your team has the kind of depth and fortitude to overcome those things happening in that game, there was so many opportunities for that to be a letdown game and they just didn't let it be. And that's awesome. And you know, all things considered, as we look at this, I think it's a great sign for them moving forward. Their schedule, and we've known this all along, is going to be brutal going forward. I know everybody's laughing about Oklahoma and Oklahoma, how bad they look. They got smoked, housed 49 nothing to Texas. Clearly things are spiraling out of control. I get all that. Going to Norman after them being embarrassed feels significant to me. Like that's not just some pushover game, right? Um, then it's Baylor, Oklahoma State, Tech, Texas, K-State. Like, that's it. Like, you don't have any and, – and credit to the Big 12, there are no easy games on the schedule this year. Maybe Oklahoma continues to suck. I definitely think that's a possibility, but I wouldn't count on it. And 
and here we go. I mean, it's going to be tough, but KU going to play themselves right into a lot of these games, and, you know, they need one win for a bowl. I think they'll get one or more than one down the stretch, so it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine because the possibility of them, you know, losing by large margins just seems so minuscule right now that I don't know how many games they'll win of this stretch. I have no idea. Two, three, I, I don't know. But it's going to be okay either way. And and they I mean, really proved something on Saturday. Yeah, they, they did. The resiliency, the toughness is there. That that took a credit and a testament to what Lance Leipold is building in Lawrence. And, and to your point about Daniel Hyshaw and his injury, yeah, that is significant because he has ran the ball. He ran the ball really well leading up to his injury last week against Iowa State. But, and Brian Haney has talked about this multiple times, the depth in the running back room. Devin Neal, the hometown guy. Savion Morrison only carried the ball one time uh, in the game on Saturday, but ran it for 40 yards. And he's done that you know, s- several times during the course Speed of the season, only yeah. getting a handful of touches, but absolutely making the most of it. And Kai Thompson, uh, Kai Thomas is there too. So I do think the high shot injury is um, definitely cause for concern, but they've got other guys that can step up and Devin Neal is the top one to do that. They do. High shot was better than all those guys though. This year he was playing that out. And, and I do like their depth at running back. I do, but I think high shot was like game changing. Good drive busting. Good. Like he, he was, playing at a level and remember Neil was a starter right to start the year it's not like yeah they have plenty there I hope we see more out of Kai Thomas uh, the local kid coming back by the way quick well let's get to Charlie first and then we've got some breaking news Charlie uh, wants to weigh in on KU 869-1240 what's on your mind Charlie good morning guys how you guys doing on this beautiful Monday morning well thank you good hey uh, yeah my wife and I and two sons are up there at the KU game uh, it was crazy beforehand. Uh, we got there, oh, probably about 30 minutes for kickoff, and we were kind of over there by the hill uh, when that part there with uh, Bill Self and uh, McCaffrey, uh, not McCaffrey, but anyway, they have the guy from the ESPN. And uh, we got to see the uh, basketball team walk by us. And then, but anyway, uh, the football game, yeah, I'd like for us to have won. There were several missed uh, penalties the referees didn't call. But when I was playing football, my coach always said, don't let the referees uh, determine the outcome of the game. But uh, overall, five and, I'd like to be 6-0, but 5-1, I'll take it all day. Yeah, it's heck yeah, you take it. And and I think you'd be happy. And I think and we appreciate the call, Charlie. I think everybody's happy. I, I haven't talked to any KU fans that were real let down by that. I think everybody's pretty pleased. Let's get to Pat on the Jayhawks. Pat, welcome into Sports Daily. Yeah, hey guys. Uh you know, Tommy, I was up there. I, I used to have season tickets up until the last year, David Beatty, and I, I couldn't take it anymore, but I've been to the last three games, and <clears throat> Dean was terrific, but I know you'll recall on that last drive, uh, he had Neil wide open on a screen, and I think Neil would have scored, and Dean overthrew him. Uh, that was, a, that, that was other than the interception, was really the only criticism I have of Dean at all. And, of course, in the fumble at the goal line and then the missed field goal, we left 10 points out there. And then the last on the fourth down call, the most obvious pass interference you will ever see and nothing called. 
And the play before that, little pass out in the flat to Neil. It was an obvious horse collar. They didn't call that. TCU had one penalty for five yards, and it's just it seems as though KU still is not to the point where they're ever going to get any calls their way, and it's frustrating. But I'm uh, so proud of them, and the crowd was incredible. It's so great to have the booth full again. So, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to go to the last two home games, and uh, we're on the right track now. We just got to keep Lance. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, Pat. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that, you know, that they're, I'm not a moral victories kind of guy, and that's just not the, the way that I operate. But at the same time, uh, the, the fact that Jason Bean came in with the adversity that the, the team was, was facing at that point against, a, we talked about it, a really solid TCU team, a great TCU team, and performed in the way that he did. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll live with the results of what Jason Bean had uh, on, on Saturday and hope for more in the weeks to come. Um, as far as the calls, yeah, I saw the videos, saw the pass interference that uh, wasn't called, saw the horse collar that wasn't called. But again, you know, you, you, you can't live and die by, by that. Right. And, and you gotta, you gotta execute, uh, in the best way possible. And, and the Jayhawks came up a little bit short, but I'm, I'm with you, Jacob. I feel like the overall, um, trajectory of this program, even after a loss to TCU continues to grow. I, I, look, I feel feel good about it. I mean, I, I, I don't like moral victories either, typically. But that's a moral victory on Saturday. It's frustrating. The call at the end of the game, the non-PI call, was horrible. I agree. I mean, that's how close that game was. And I just, when, when everything within the game that happened, again, like, for me, KU's two best players were missing for at least half of that game, and, and in one case, all of that game. And they were still right there with TCU, who's going to have a lot to say about who wins the Big 12 this year. That's great. I, I'm okay with it. It's not great. Could be better, certainly. But I'm fine with it. Maybe fine is is the right term. Hey. Or still optimistic. Or whatever it is. And I agree with Pat there. you got to keep Leipold. So here's an interesting development, Tommy. Breaking news. Uh, Matt Rule is out in Carolina. Now... Wow. That shouldn't surprise us necessarily. We knew his seat was the hottest among NFL coaches. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm a college team looking for a coach, Matt Rule is high on my list. If I'm Nebraska, and I don't know what's going to happen with Wisconsin, but Nebraska, if it ain't Urban Meyer, I call Matt Rule right this second. Hey, you got fired at Carolina. We got a spot for you. Right, And I don't know that Matt Rule would even take that job. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But if I'm Nebraska, he immediately moves to the top of my list. Maybe that's good for Lance Leipold, even though I don't think Leipold's going to take the Nebraska job. Maybe Wisconsin would be interested. I don't know. Wisconsin's an, people seem to think that you know promotions there are, are going to stick and they're going to roll that way. And you know apparently Leipold wasn't happy with the way that Christ was let go and said as much publicly which is pretty interesting but yeah the the let's not forget the fanfare that happened on Friday going into Saturday and how directly involved with these announcements they are appearing to make Lance Leipold Lance Leipold um i i don't know what are, what are, where are you at on the Leipold 
sticking around long term meat is still 50, I think I'm still about 50-50. I don't th- I'm I don't I'm more than I'm, that. I'm I'm probably 75-25 that to yeah, stay? that he will that he'll stay. Yeah. I I really especially after this weekend and 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 everything that went on with the new stadium development and um, game day on campus and everything. I said it at the end of the show on on Friday. I understand the appeal of Wisconsin to Leipold. I even understand a little bit of the appeal of Nebraska long-term, but what he's building right now at Kansas, you can't beat it. Why go elsewhere? Why, why, why go anywhere else? I mean, Kansas can pay him what Nebraska can pay him. They can pay him what Wisconsin can pay him. So it's not a money thing necessarily. I just think it's where he's got the most support. Um, that's interesting about Matt Rule. The, the, the final thing I'll say about the Jayhawks, though, from Saturday is – yeah, moral victories are not good, and, and that's not what I'm I'm about. But clearly, the AP thought it was a moral victory as yep. well because they yep. didn't drop it all in the rankings. They're still 19th. And they shouldn't have. And you saw national people that matter pointing to that, right? Like, Kate, I, I don't know if it was Golick Jr., whoever it was. They're like, boy, KU better not move at all after this. because and, and it was before the game was over. The point was KU or TCU better not move. Whoever loses better not move in their rank because they're both – absolutely deserve to be there and i agree with that uh okay we got one more big full segment here let's spend some time with the chiefs let's look ahead to the raiders what do we expect tonight what do we need to see any predictions what are we thinking of the betting lines in this one uh it's all coming up for us here on sports daily 869-1240 your calls you can bounce around if you still got thoughts on ku on k-state on uh, tom brady whatever it is with the rough in the past call you can get in touch with us that way Chad Chambers producing for us. We'll be right back. Sports Daily continues next. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily KFH Monday Night Football coming up for you here on KFH a little later tonight and on KNSS. We got all kinds of good stuff. You can hear the game uh, locally on the Chiefs Radio Network, 6 o'clock over on KNSS, or the national broadcast of Monday Night Football right here on KFH. That coverage starts at 7 o'clock. So a couple of uh, couple options for you on the network here. Um all right, Tommy, let's look at this thing. BetMGM, I got it last night, and I, I went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. Chiefs, uh, and it looks like if you're going to bet the Chiefs, now it's up to 7.5. I got it at 7 last night. It's up to 7.5, and, a half and that's, what, that's what it sits at BetMGM. Uh, here we go. Let's start with that, just winning the game. I think we're obviously both going to predict a Chiefs win. Are they going to win by more than a touchdown? Yeah, I think they will. In fact, I got in at seven and a half this morning and I felt okay about it. Um, you know, I would have loved to get it at seven, but um, I was okay with seven and a half. Um, you know, Andy Reid is 15 and three against the Raiders in his career. Patrick Mahomes is seven and one against the Raiders in his career. So yeah, I, I, I think I go back to what I said at the beginning of the show that really the only shot the Raiders have is their desperation. Like that's it. Um, you know, you're going into Arrowhead. The Raiders play terribly at Arrowhead. Um, the season could be on the brink for Vegas 
And so I think really that's the only the only way that the Raiders have a chance of keeping this close is desperation and Derek Carr and Devontae Adams will have to go off. Here's the guy I think that could be an X factor, and I don't think it is Devontae Adams. I think it's Hunter Renfro, who I believe is back this week. Um, he is he is the guy for Derek. As much as Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are boys, and they are, Renfro's the glue for this team. Renfro could keep the Chiefs on their toes enough to allow some single coverage for Waller or for Adams or some of these. I, I think that the Raiders have desperately missed Hunter Renfro. And they, and, and they should get him back, and I think that's the X factor. That allows the Raiders to do some more of the things that they want to do. Uh, the Chiefs showed what they can do against the run, both offensively and defensively, quite frankly, against Tampa. If they can jump out to a big lead and all these things, they can they can keep the Raiders grounded and, and force Derek Carr to throw. And, yeah, I mean, I'm with everybody that this feels shootout-y, right? But, you know, primetime unders have been the play. These games defensively have been typically stronger than um, than they have been in years past. But I do kind of feel a shootout here because I think the Raiders, much like the Bucks were, will be forced to throw the ball. What I think you feel good about if you're Kansas City is that the Raiders' defense hasn't been very good, right? So the way that the Chiefs got out to the quick start against the Bucks on the road, I mean, you got to feel good about the same Chiefs offense getting out to a quick start against the Raiders at home, don't you? I mean, that's where I think that the Chiefs will be in pretty good shape here. And when you do that, just like they did against Tampa, you allow your defense to pin their ears back, rush the passer, maybe force some mistakes by Derek Carr. Um, you know, it, it feels good for the Chiefs here. Sometimes I worry that it feels too good, but it does feel good. It feels like a good spot for the Chiefs. The Raiders absolutely cannot afford to get into a shootout with Kansas City. Like, if that's the way that this game trends, uh, the, the Raiders are, are going to get laughed out of Arrowhead um, if it becomes a shootout. And yeah, you're you're right. The Raiders' defense has not been good uh, so far. The course of, during the course of this season, they've allowed the ninth most points per game. Uh, that's about 25 points per game that they've averaged. And it's not like they've been going up against incredible offenses throughout the course of their their season so far. The Chargers, the Cardinals, the Titans, and the Broncos. Uh, those four teams. The Chargers have a good offense, but other than that. Cardinals don't really, uh, the Titans sure as hell don't. And do we even need to mention the Broncos? Uh, so yeah, I mean, the defense has not been great, uh, for, for Vegas so far, Max Crosby. Yeah. They've got some individual performers. Crosby's off to a good start. Um, but really the, the Raiders strength should be their pass rush and they haven't shown that so far this season. So they, they absolutely cannot afford to get into a shootout with Kansas city because I don't think they can keep up. Well, they've been designed to where they're supposed to be able to, right? You bring in Josh McDaniels, the offensive guru. You bring in Devontae Adams. Renfro's there. Waller's there. Like, all the things that they've done have been by design to help them be able to keep up in a shootout. I mean, that's what— but I don't think they're there. They're not there. Right. Well, no, they're not there now. Absolutely, they're not. Can they get there, and is this the moment they do it? I, I mean, I don't think so. But I will say, getting on a Renfro back— is significant, right? Like that's that's a big deal for Derek Carr. So, you know, six touchdowns to four interceptions is unlike him, certainly. Um, 
I mean, it has it, to say it hasn't gone well for the Raiders is an understatement. Their win against Denver, they looked much better, though. They won that game by nine, 32 to 23. They you know, found a way to get 32 points on the board against a good defense, and Denver's offense certainly didn't help that. But let's let's look at the Raiders and what they've done. A a relatively close loss in L.A. against the Chargers, right? An overtime loss against the Cardinals, a two-point loss at Tennessee, and then a nine-point win over Denver. I do not think that the Raiders are as bad as their record and maybe perception would indicate. I think they're a little bit better than that. Are they a lot better? Probably not, but they're better than a one and three team. And it's a divisional game with a lot to prove and a lot of talent on that side of the ball for the Raiders. And I just don't want to, you know, what I don't buy into, and I could be wrong about this, is that the Chiefs are just going to come out wire to wire and own and dominate this game, kind of like they did against Tampa. I, I feel like that seems a little too much to ask for for the Chiefs tonight. And I love, here's what I love, that I think that their defense will get tested. Because I, I that's more than anything else we've seen this season, I want to see this defense developing and get tested. Like, that's that's what I want to see for Kansas City. They'll be able to score. Can they keep the Raiders, who are getting a little bit of momentum and getting a little bit of health from doing that to make this a competitive game? It's a great storyline that I'm very curious to watch tonight. You know, I, I mentioned at the top of the show that the one thing that I hoped that Kansas City didn't do, and I don't, I don't think they will, but you hope they don't, is look ahead to the Bills and forget about this game tonight. It's the Raiders. It's a divisional matchup at Arrowhead. They're not going to yeah, look past I it. Um, I don't think they will. But on the flip side, I think it would be fairly easy for the Raiders to look past this game. Like, hey, we're going into a hostile Arrowhead. Um, we don't have much luck here. Uh, we don't have much luck against Andy Reid. We don't have much luck against Patrick Mahomes. But after this game, our schedule gets significantly easier. They play the Texans. They play the Saints, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Broncos, the Seahawks. Like, they've got a winnable schedule after tonight. And so I don't think that even with a loss tonight, and, and to your point, the Raiders maybe aren't as bad as their record would indicate. Uh, if they Even if they fall to 1-4 and four with a loss tonight, there are six winnable games in a row on their schedule coming up before they face the Chargers at the beginning of December. The rest of the month of October and all of November, they've got winnable games on their schedule where they could easily get back into the hunt. So I'm not suggesting that they're going to overlook Kansas City tonight, but I'm sure, yeah, there should be a part of them that thinks, hey, regardless of what happens tonight, we know how difficult it is to go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. So let's start looking ahead at the next six weeks and the next six games we have to maybe try to get back in the hunt that way. It just feels that, you know, when you got guys wired like Carr, um, and we look at him the most obviously because we always look at the quarterbacks. When you've got guys that are wired like him and a lot of experience in this league and, you know, all of the things that he brings to the table when he's playing well, you've got a, a coach that, while a new coach has been here before and really is trying to get things established his way, it's just like this is a great opportunity for the Raiders, and I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna squander the opportunity. I do. I, I look. I took the Chiefs and I gave the seven because we gotta take. We gotta take a side here, right? Especially when it comes to the Chiefs on this show, and you know, we fully embrace that end of it and 
you know, we, we've got a good relationship going with BetMGM. All those things, I'm going to take a side on Chiefs games. If this wasn't a Chiefs game, I probably would stay away from that side and bet other things in the game because I just have this nagging itch in the back of my head that the Raiders are really hungry and, and, and better than better than they've played. So in a typical world, I would not bet this game from that perspective. But I will take a side on the Chiefs when it comes to the Chiefs. And because we will, and we did this on Friday, I'm going to give the points. And that's okay. But I'm not I'm not thinking this is going to be a blowout. Look, if it is, good for the Chiefs. It's definitely possible. Um, but it, it there's just something there. There's something that's catching me a little bit. There's something that's catching me a little bit. Uh, individually for the Chiefs, um, I like Mahomes to to throw for a lot of yards in this game. I like uh I like Kelsey in this game. I like Juju catching some passes. I, I, I know we talk about this all the time, but we saw it. I think this might be a decent opportunity for Sky Moore to get a little bit more involved. I would love to see them stretch the field with MVS the way they did in the last game. I think this will be a little bit more of a passing game than a running game. Uh, just sort of feels that way to me. Tommy, what are you thinking individually? Who, who's, who are your key? Like, who's the guy that's going to make the difference in this game? Well, first off, I love that you every week try to will into existence a Sky I'm Moore trying. deal. You're you're like desperately like, is it going to happen this week? I think it will. It's eventually desperate happen. because it will unlock the Chiefs' <laughs> offense. They have sure. got to stretch the field. It. They have to it. stretch the field, and I don't know where else that's going to come from. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, a couple of the the receivers that I like on their overs is Juju Smith-Schuster over fifty-one and a half and MVS over 42 and a half. That's the big one because I think we have yet to really truly see what MVS can can do. Uh, you know, he he's not the same guy that he was in Green Bay. I think we all know that. Um, but that being said, he still has talent. Otherwise, the Chiefs wouldn't have brought him in. And I that over under, I mean, it's at 42 and a half right now. It's fairly low. And I think that, you know, especially if this game turns into a shootout, I think that 42 and a half should be fairly easy for MVS to cover. So I'm, I'm going the over on both MVS and Juju on their receiving yards. So MVS has more than 42 yards in three of four games thus far. Uh, Juju, what was his number? Did you say 59? 51 and a half. 51 and a half. He's two, two for four on that number. Uh, Kelsey's prop always gets lifted very high. I like Juju's catch total, which I think last night was either three and a half or four and a half. I like that one a little bit more than his yards. He just doesn't stretch the field for me. So I always get a little hesitant on his yardage props, but I do like his catch prop. And I'm I'm with you. I could throw a dart at MVS. I'm not going to because I just don't trust him as a player. Uh, but, but the logic is sound on it. He's done it three or four times. Um, if this game gets into a shootout, everybody's going to hit their props. Like all the Chiefs will because Patrick Mahomes spreads the ball around, right? I don't – and I don't think – I mean, how many how many rushes did Clyde Edwards-Alaire? How many times did they run the ball against the Bucks? And that was – even then, they got that big lead and that – he had 19 carries, which is just sky high above what he normally does. I think they will throw it more and pass it less. I don't know that they're going to be able to jump out to the same big lead they did against the Bucks. I mean, if they do, that's exactly what they want because they would like to run the ball and rush the passer. But I think they're going to throw it a little more. All the receiving props look decent to me. They look fine. Um, 
I think it's a big game for Mahomes. Definitely. So BetMGM, we, we've got the touchdown insurance, Tommy. You've got darts on 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 that because you get the $25 on Monday Night Football, remember, and you've you've heard the spots. You bet $25 on a first touchdown score. They give it back to you if you don't hit it. It's one of my favorite promotions of all the sites um, with all this. Kelsey, the most obvious at, uh, at plus 500. Devontae Adams, the next... Uh, the the highest Raider at plus nine hundred, but there's a lot of long odds players here, Tommy. With two teams that spread the ball around the way that they do, there's a lot there's a lot to look at here. Uh, Hunter Renfro's fourteen to one. Josh Jacobs is twelve to one for for the running back that scores all the time for the Raiders. If you were to think that they might be able to score the first touchdown, my boy Sky Moore. 30 to 1, Tommy. <laughs> 30 to 1. Where are you going? I'll with tell that you one? The, the the two I like are uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire, first touchdown score, about six and a half to one. And then, like you mentioned, Josh Jacobs. I mean, he is. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the one? Raiders get the ball first yeah. and they are able to march down and get Jacobs into the end zone and get him established. Um, 12 to I, 1 for, I might for put, a I running might put back? some money on that. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't know. The problem is, I think, <laughs> I don't know. Kelsey paid me on it last week and is so obvious. Like, he, it paid me. I, I I won that bet last week, and it was a good bet. I, I You're going to have to talk me out of not throwing the dart. When I get the money back, cause, because you'll never hear the end of it if it's Sky Moore. Like, if I hit that bet and it's Sky Moore at 30 to 1, waiting. you will you will never hear the end of it. I need to will this into existence. Uh, I don't know if that's where I'm going. I like Hunter Renfro at 14 to 1, too. I don't know. I haven't decided on that yet. I'm gonna, th- but I'm gonna make the bet for sure on um, BetMGM. That there's no doubt about that. I'll take the I'll take the 25 back if I don't hit it and dance in the streets if I do. All right, let's come back. Major League Baseball playoffs are set after the wild card round. What are we thinking there? We'll do it on Sports Daily next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. All right, let's uh, 
Let's talk playoffs here for just a couple of minutes, Tommy. The divisional series, and we can spend more time with this tomorrow because they start tomorrow. But we're now into the divisional round. Uh, the Mets are out. The Blue Jays are out, right? The Rays, maybe not quite as big a deal. Um, and and the Phillies make it through. Sometimes, with when everybody's got good pitching, this gets really unpredictable to me, Tommy. And we said that before the wild card round, and I think it now more than ever, when everybody has good starting pitching, I think it makes for a pretty unpredictable postseason. Yeah, I'm going to catch some heat for this, but it couldn't have been an any better weekend for me uh, as a baseball fan or as a, as a Braves fan, to be more specific, with the Mets and the Cardinals both getting bounced uh, in the wild card series. But no, overall, it was it was fun to watch, fun to watch some of these teams continue on with the storyline. We talked about the Padres and you know what they could do when they get going, and it's a really intriguing matchup uh, for them against the Dodgers in the NLDS. Uh, Joe Musgrove looked phenomenal last night. Um, he his stuff was filthy uh, to the point to where the Mets and the umpires maybe even thought that he had uh, something illegal going on and they had to check his ears for it, uh, which was crazy. But uh, the Padres are on a roll right now. And then how about your Mariners? I mean, I know you're not a Mariners fan, but you like that story. You like that narrative yeah. uh, of, of what they've been able to do with that long postseason drought. And they played some crazy baseball over the weekend and, and they move on. That's pretty cool. The Mariners are interesting to me because they're a divisional rival, but I don't hate the Mariners, and I do sort of pull for them. I've known a lot of great Mariners fans, and, and I feel for the Mariners, a great fan base who haven't been able to get it done. There's a sympathy thing there for me. And I hate the Astros, which is – so this is perfect. Um, so this is great. I mean, the Mariners are in. The Padres are in. Those were my two long-shot bets that I made. I feel, and, and I made them for the reasons that they're in. They, have, they both have really good starting pitching and a young – exciting lineup uh j-rod is as exciting as any player in baseball for seattle all right young man welcome to game one against justin verlander tomorrow night you know like they're logan gilbert one of the better young pitchers in baseball all right young man welcome to game one against one of the best lineups in baseball and justin you know so it's there for them i think your braves are in a great position they by the way locked up another piece of their young core today um i, I in fact well I don't want to say it that way. I think the Braves are in really good shape. I, I'd be pretty excited. I'm very jealous of you right now that you have playoff baseball <laughs> to lock into. Um, and Padres Dodgers, are you kidding me? Yeah. I know Dodgers fans are probably feeling a little uneasy there. This is going to be good stuff. I mean, these are, again, when everybody's got great pitching, it means every game should be really good and intense and high octane. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Let's How lock back the, into in the... baseball. Yeah, how about in the National League? You've got two divisional rivals facing off in the NLDS with Dodgers, Padres, and Braves, Phillies. It's going to be a lot of well, fun. Well, I mean, you got Mariners, Astros too. The well, only true. game that Good doesn't, yeah. the only series that isn't divisional rival is Cleveland Yankees, which have had plenty of interesting series yep. over the years. So here we go. We'll get more into it tomorrow. Just wanted to mention it. We'll be back. Wrap it up after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.